special edition of the Niners Nation podcast, and we're doing a preview show on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we didn't think this game was actually going to matter two weeks ago, but here we are. This is now the biggest game of the season for the San Francisco 49ers. Remember to always check out the podcast feed, get ratings, reviews, subscriptions. We looking for it all as we get to this big stretch of the season where if the Niners win out, hell, they might even win the NFC West. This is crazy. Uh, real quick, before I introduce my guest for the day, I want to make a big Niners Nation podcast announcement. I've been looking for a co-host since I started here at the beginning of the season. Did a lot of solo shows looking for a co-host, and I finally found one. I'm very excited to announce that Leo Luna of Sports Illustrated will permanently be my co-host on the Niners Nation podcast. And of course, he's with me this week. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. This is uh, definitely a great achievement for the both of us. I'm looking to grow this platform and, and seeing what we could do together. Let's talk some Niners, baby. Absolutely, as we make this playoff push. And then with me this week, special for our Bills preview episode, Jason Aponte from the Sprint Right Option Podcast. How are you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Nate. Leo, great to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Excited to to preview this uh, huge game with you guys. Yeah, it's it's crazy that this game matters as much as it does. I didn't I didn't see this coming at all. And with the results we got on Sunday, it's really looking like there's an actual chance that the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams might not win the NFC West. And that is, if you told me this when Nick Bosa went down, I would have said you're crazy. But real quick, before we get into our Bills preview, let's talk a little bit about that Arizona-LA game. Arizona, we need them to lose. And, and the Rams, for some reason, they play well against everybody but the 49ers. So what's going on? I mean, it's wide open and the Rams are, the Arizona Cardinals don't look good. You know, when you when you watch this, right, like, you know, before we jumped on, I was like, man, you know, something's really wrong, you know, going, you know, the last few games with Kyler Murray, right? So we, we know that he was injured, right? He's been on the practice report as full, but something seems to be off there, beat off. They're just, you know, they're just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the best way I could put it. Like, they're just like, that's not even a word. They're just blah to watch right now. Um, the Rams came in, man, and they, they, you know, did what they wanted to on offense pretty much. You know, Jared Goff almost threw 400, you know, Cam Akers finally got involved. That was what I was talking about before the the Rams game that I was afraid of is that, you know, the 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 Rams have never really utilized Cam Akers and and this whole time he's probably their best back and and they finally got him involved this week. So, yeah, you know that that's the thing about, you know, preaching patience when it comes to um, you know, the 49ers because week to week these losses, you know, you lose one game, you know, as we saw Seattle lose to the Giants today, it turns your whole season outlook around because you've got this black mark on your on your smudge and everybody can go back and say, well, you know, look how they played against this team. So, you know, week to week, you just have to be patient and just watch how these games shake out. And then you'll figure out where you really stand once the once the games actually settle. I think we look at the Rams as kind of like our little brothers and just, you know, rub them on the head, um, just like if they're, say, eight years old or something. Um, but they're a really good football team. And they display that pretty much against every other team this year. What are they? They only have two losses outside of the 49ers on the season. And what they did with Kyler Murray very well is they created pressure. And when they did create pressure, they contained him. They didn't let him go outside and run the ball for 15 yards first down. That didn't happen with them. And on top of it, they have a great corner and Jalen Ramsey, who matches up one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins, and it's not something he's done for the first time in his career. It goes back to when they were at Jacksonville and Houston, so they're pretty familiar with one another, as well as Williams. Their other corner is pretty solid as well, so they're able to just take that away secondary-wise against the Cardinals, and then you have Aaron Donald up the middle. And then on defense, the Cardinals are with a bunch of injuries. They have Chandler Jones, who's an elite defensive end pass rusher in the NFL. So when you lose a player like him, it's similar to what we're experiencing with losing a Nick Bosa. And so that's going to affect their defense. They have some other injuries on there as well. Um, with the no, their nose tackle being out for the season, he had nine and a half sacks for the Bills last year. So the the Arizona Cardinals are dealing with some injuries. And like Jason said, Kyler doesn't look right as far as his shoulder is. He's throwing some off-target passes that you don't really see from Kyler Murray. So uh, it's everything for them is basically saying, hey, the Niners are going to make a run here. 
and and that's the thing is is with with what's going on and the Cardinals losing, it sure looks like the Niners should be able to overtake the Cardinals in that second to last game of the season. What's really interesting is that the Rams' final four games of the season now are Patriots, Jets, Seahawks, Cardinals, which probably, if we're being honest, are all wins. But there's still two losses on there potentially to a Patriots and Cardinals team, which could set the 49ers up. I think they'll take care of the Seahawks, which we'll talk about what happened with the Seahawks today. And then you look at the Cardinals, and they have the 49ers. They have the Giants, who just took out the Seahawks somehow. The Eagles, and then the Rams again. So, I mean, it's really looking like there's a chance, slim chance, that if the 49ers pull this off and they win out, they can still win the NFC West because, as we saw today, the Seattle Seahawks blew it and lost to Colt McCoy and the New York Giants somehow, and I don't know how. It's wild that, that Russell Wilson has just been awful the last month of the season, this last, this last month of the season, and it's almost unexplainable because for so long we were talking about this let Russ cook, and, 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 and they were killing people, and now they have lost, like, I think they've lost the last, four, like, seven games, they've lost four and they've only won three. It's been wild to see. And they don't look like world beaters either. So, I mean, if we're looking at these teams, call, I'll start with you, Leo. If we're looking at this NFC West picture. Who is the best team in the NFC West right now? I think it might be the healthy 49ers that the Cardinals are going to see in week 15. I would say that it's going to be probably the Rams, just based on how they match up against Seattle, how they match up against Arizona. Typically, I would say Seattle is the best team in this NFC West uh, with all the injuries 49ers have it would obviously be them but head-to-head is the Rams are the best team in the NFC West because they beat everybody else besides the Niners and luckily for them they don't have the Niners remaining on their schedule and so I think winning the division is going to be very tough because you're going to have some luck they had which they had today by beating uh, the Giants beating the Seahawks, but to say that's going to happen for the rest of the season and only a span of five weeks is very tough. Hey, I'm not going to push my luck. I'm going to go ahead and say, just have this Niners team get in the playoffs. If I win a hundred dollars at the casino, I'm, I'm cool. I'm walking out with a hundred dollars cash. I'm not going to say, you know what, let me flip this hundred dollars to make 500. Um, and, and that's what I view this situation as to where um, the winning the NFC West is going to be very, very difficult. Is it possible? Yeah, mathematically, it's definitely possible. But just at this point where the 49ers are, the amount of injuries they have, just get in the damn playoffs. Don't kill me, guys, but I still think it's Seattle, right? Like, I understand the, they, they've looked poor, right? But this almost seems par for the course almost every year with Seattle. They start out guns blazing. You know, they have a bit of a lull in the middle of the season, and then they end up in the playoffs. And then, you know, they're, they're a tough out, you know, just because of who their quarterback is. So I'll still give them the nod. Um, a lot of what happened today was Pete Carroll sometimes with his decisions. You know, I love that everybody, you know, everybody loves Pete Carroll, right? You know, they 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 call him a motivator. Sometimes he definitely gets in the way of of his team, right? Like it's not always let let Russ cook. So today I I have to go back and watch it fully because I was just watching the game on Red Zone. You know, um, the Giants defense is a lot better than people believe it is, right? Like don't let Nick Mullins putting thirty six on their head distract you from the fact that the Giants are actually really solid, man. Like, they are, you know. And the only reason I know that is because I live in Giants country. So, like, the, the problem with them has never been defense. They just have had a hard time scoring points. They didn't even really score that many points in this game. 49ers legend Alfred Morris had both <laughs> touchdowns in this game, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yes, while it looks bad right now with Seattle, I'm still going to give them the nod at this point. But I think that, you know, with the 49ers, the 49ers, when they become healthy, if they are in a position to make the playoffs or make the playoffs, become a team that nobody really wants to play at this point, right? Like, you know, think about everything that's all, all been considered with all the injuries for this team to be in this spot is nothing short of a miracle. And then you're talking about in the biggest games of the year, a team could be ascending and hitting the right note that they need to be hitting going into the playoffs and that's always the team that you're afraid of is that wild card that sneaks in that had to play in the playoffs three weeks in a row to get there you're always nervous of those teams and uh, for a team as close-knit and well-coached as this I, I you know I, I don't think anybody would want to play the 49ers you know and they wouldn't want to see them on the schedule and that's the thing is is they're they're getting healthy at the right time I think that this Bills game we're going to talk about is the first time the 49ers all season 
have had Ayuk and Debo on the same at the same time, which is huge because I don't think we've seen a 49er offense probably since maybe Kaepernick that was this talented. And even then it, it might not be as good because Ayuk is really something. And Debo, as we said on this show last week, Debo is pretty much the train that makes the 49ers move. Like without Debo, for some reason, they're just not as good. And Debo really has become an unstoppable force over the course of these past two seasons. And keep in mind, he was just drafted last year. And then you bring in Ayuk to the mix. And keep in mind, they don't have – the guys they have at tight end aren't, you know, slackers. Yes, they have the best tight end in, on injured reserve. But Jordan Reed is an NFL tight end and a good one at that. And then you still have Raheem Moster and that three-headed monster. They're going to be completely healthy at running back to, on in this game. And I just think anything's really possible with this 49ers team. And, I, yeah, I think that winning the NFC West is like a – Far cry, I guess. But I think even if you just get into the dance, the Seahawks don't want to play you. And the Rams certainly don't want to play you. And I think after the Niners take out the Cardinals in that second week, to, second to last week of the season, I don't think the Cardinals are going to want to play you if they get there. And so it's going to come down to the NFC champions being the big bad boys that aren't besides the Saints. I think that they're going to be that team that nobody wants to play, even if they have to play all their games away. They're going to play all their games away for the rest of the season anyway. So it doesn't really matter. There's no real factor there because they're not allowed to play in Santa Clara. So it doesn't matter where they play. If they have to go to Lambeau Field, if they have to go to the stupid New Orleans Superdome, I think they're terrifying. And if Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle come back, the sky's really the limit for this team, I think, this year in a way that I wasn't ready to say until I watched that game last week. Yeah, no, no NFC West team or AFC West team, basically in the Pacific region, a time zone, has gone on three straight road games and won the Super Bowl. I think this year is different because you're not playing in front of fans. You're not playing in front of that atmosphere. You go down to the Superdome. You're not going to see what the 49ers saw last year in the regular season. Same thing going up to Lambeau. It's not that same atmosphere. So if they could just get in, anything can happen considering Garoppolo has to be the quarterback at that time. And before we go, oh, go ahead, Jason. No, no, no. I mean, I was just going to piggyback on that. And I think that that really, I mean, any other year, right, we would, we would say, you know, whatever, the 49ers sneak in, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything. But this year is completely different for that reason, right? There's no Absolutely. sort of home field advantage. Every single game is basically like an AAU basketball meeting. It's on neutral field, right? Like the only thing that feels good is that it's a shorter drive to the stadium when it's at your stadium, right? But, you know, there's no sort of atmosphere or anything like that. So, I mean, I think that's really a great point. And that's that's really what I just wanted to piggyback off of is just, you know, going to Seattle. Do you think the Giants walk into Seattle if that place is rocking like that and they go in there and they get that win? Probably not. Not today. No. No. And that's the thing. And, and, and so before we get to this Bills preview, real quick, with the neutral field and the teams we have a feeling are probably going to be in the playoff picture. I just want to go through a couple of them and I want to hear you guys' reaction and, you know, talk about a little bit about these teams. Right now, the teams that would potentially be in the playoffs with the 49ers uh, would be the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think they're scary at all. I think Dalvin Cook's good, but I think that they're poorly coached and poorly quarterbacked. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are just weird. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks, who we will see before the playoffs, and I think the 49ers can beat. The New York Giants, who we just watched beat the Seahawks, but their offense is abysmal. The Los Angeles Rams, who the 49ers somehow freaking won that game in with Nick Mullins who's awful then here's the two that would scare me I think the most Green Bay in Lambeau and New Orleans in the Superdome and those would be probably the teams you would most likely play for an NFC championship most likely if you got that far I mean what do you guys think yeah I mean that's definitely that's definitely who it would be right but here's here's the thing Green Bay is the same exact team as last year literally not one upgrade Literally, they ran it right back with the same exact team, right? So we know that when this team is on their game, they can handle them. And Green Bay is still showing those traits from last year because, as you saw the Tampa Bay game, as soon as they feel like they're getting beat down, they fold it up. And that's the team that the 49ers saw last year. It's the same exact team that's there this year. No changes. Just a much better Rodgers this year, Uh, which is scary enough. I'm not trying to downplay that. What I mean is by roster-wise, they didn't really improve. Same sort of defense. Same guy. It's Mike uh, Pettin. And, and, and it's LaFlora. And, you know, so when this team is right and they're fully healthy, that game is much closer. The Saints, 
the Saints game, you know, the 49ers play better defense in that game than they did against the Rams. You know, if if not for turnovers, they probably win that game as well. Yes, Drew Brees got knocked out of it, but their offense is not as explosive even when he's on the field because he doesn't throw the ball down the field. Everything is predicated to getting the ball to Kamara in space and getting the ball underneath to Michael Thomas. So, you know, even them, right? You're going to have to put up points because they will. You're not going to, like, bottle them up the entire game. But that's not even a game where it's like, oh, my God, they're just going to run away with it, right? You don't feel like that. And then everybody else, um, Bears, Vikings, all these teams around, none of them make me scared. Like, I'm not afraid of any of them. And if it's an NFC West team, those games are always close. So those are a coin flip. Those games don't even talk to me about those teams because whenever we play any of them, it's always going to go down to the last second regardless who's going to make a play. So. Right, and with the NFC West team, so that would be the Seahawks, Cardinals, or the Rams, whoever can win those games. If the 49ers get in the playoffs, that means the Cardinals are out, and that's the Rams and the Seahawks in. I'm confident that the 49ers could beat both teams, especially the little brother Lambs. So, and then looking at Minnesota, I don't really see them getting in because they have Tampa and New Orleans left on the schedule. With Tampa, Drew Brees shows his offensive line is not good. And when you create some type of pressure and get in his face, the dude, he's Aaron Rodgers-like to where he just folds. He's like, all right, I'm going to head out. Like, I didn't sign up to get all this pressure today. I'm just going to leave. And then Aaron Rodgers, that Green Bay Packers team, you just smack them in the mouth. They're done. They don't like getting hit. They're that that little kid that's never been hit in his life, and he gets hit that one time. It's like, I'm done. I'm I'm running away, guys. I'm out of here. And then with the Saints, the Saints are legit on defense. Their defense is so good, but offensively, they're suspect. Uh, And the 49ers show that they could hang with them if they didn't have muffed punts. And they would most likely, if they're playing the Saints again this season, have Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Nick Mullins. So that's going to be impressive as well. As um, They'll have Raheem Mostert. They'll have Debo Samuel. That's guys that are missing. And if they're playing them again, they'll have George Kittle as well. So. Uh, it would be a completely different Niner team at that standpoint. And that's the thing is this this resurgence of healthy 49ers, which I obviously has to continue going forward. This resurgence of healthy 49ers, I think not only has fans excited, but I'm feeling the commentary on games and the commentary from the talking heads where they're saying, don't be, don't, don't forget the 49ers were the NFC champions last year and they may be injured, but they're still coached by freaking Kyle Shanahan. And this season has shown me anything. It's how great it is to have an absolutely truly elite head coach because the 49ers have one for the first time they have one since probably George Seifert, Bill Walsh. Like I love Jim Harbaugh, but he was not truly elite like Kyle Shanahan is. I think, I think, and I don't think that's a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, that's the thing, right? So, like, you know, two weeks ago, if you would have asked 49ers fans what they want to do, they'd probably be talking about the draft, right? But here's the problem with that. You can draft high all you want. Winning culture, making sure that you understand that no matter who's on the field, no matter the circumstances, that your team is going to put forth an effort that will put you in position to win ball games. The draft picks don't matter if the culture is not there, right? Then you're asking a quarterback to change the culture, And that's a hard ask for anybody, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to be asked to change the Jets' trajectory from being awful to being a contender. It's a lot to ask a kid, even as good as him. But you bring them into these sort of winning cultures and where there's a a family in place that understands what's expected and that no matter who's there, you you intend to win that game. That's really when the the dynasties and the and the good teams continue to last. And that no matter the record, this team has shown that they're going to be competitive. They're not packing it in. And I think that should really have the 49ers fans more excited that they have a team that's this well coached and well prepared and the culture is where it's at right now. Absolutely. That's why I say the 49ers are their window, Super Bowl window is a lot longer than what people would usually expect. Usually you'd say, hey, if they lose their quarterback, that window's open, or that window's closed, excuse me. Um, but with the 49ers, they're, they have that culture, that coaching staff with Shanahan, as well as the guys he has under him to where if they, they can lose a quarterback and get another one and still have that same Super Bowl window being open, it's not a full reset when you have a coach like Kyle Shanahan and the culture him and John Lynch have set for that organization. And that's that's why we, you know we're going to talk about this Bills game now. 
I think this is a winnable game. I think the Buffalo Bills are a great football team. I think they're well-coached. I think Sean McDermott has been a really good head coach this year. I think that Josh Allen has shown that he is maybe not an elite quarterback, but he has the ceiling of elite, and he is an above-average quarterback. And I think that they've played some really good football. When they murdered Seattle, it was a feat the way they did it because they made Seattle look like the worst team in the NFL that day. And so going into this game, I think your biggest – the biggest thing I, we really want to talk about is when San Francisco has the ball and they're facing this Bills defense. There's two stats I'm going to read to you back to back, and then we're going to discuss this Bills defense a little bit. So the Bills blitz on 38.3% of plays, which is the highest in the NFL, but they are allowing 5.8 yards per carry around the left end, which means the right side, which ranks 31st in the NFL. Basically, what that amounts to is you can run on the Buffalo Bills. And the Niners have the running backs to be able to run on the Buffalo Bills. So I think Kyle Shanahan's plan with Nick Mullins, who's obviously terrible, has got to be to run with Raheem Mostert in this game. When I watched their latest game with the Chargers, um, you know, what I noticed on film was is that the Chargers don't employ, uh, you know, the, the same scheme as the 49ers, but they employ a lot of the things that the 49ers do, and they were able to open up some holes and exploit some things that I feel like the 49ers can't. You know, they run a lot of pulling. They had their center through the hole with a fullback, and then Austin Eckler, you know, gets five. That's something that the 49ers do regularly, except that when it's Mostert, it's not five. It's seven, nine, and if you make somebody miss, it's 63. Now, here's the only thing, like, you know, while I saw places that the 49ers can run all over the Bills and the stats are there for it, right, they they are at the bottom of the league and run defense and everything as well. Um, I think that it would be foolish to just say the 49ers are going to come in here and run all over the Bills because the Bills were playing a defense that, I mean, playing an offense that was much different than the 49ers have, right? They have a quarterback who can threaten you down the field vertically, right? So you can't load the box when Justin Herbert's there because he can go up top on you. Um, so the 49ers are going to see the box a lot more stacked, obviously, than the Chargers did, you know, so that's something that I'm going to be interested to see how the 49ers combat. They can get to the outside zones and do those sort of things. That's the bread and butter. But I expect the Bills like to come out here and it don't be surprised if by the end of this game, we say, man, the Bills played a lot better run defense than, than we expected in this game. So I think this game is going to be super close. The 49ers definitely have a chance to win, but the, the way that they have to win is, is the way you explained it, Nate. Run, 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 everything off of play action. Do not turn the ball over. I feel like this is something that we're going to be saying every single week with Nick Mullins under um, center and even weeks with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's going to be week to week, the same sort of game plan, but that's the way that you had. They cannot turn the ball over in this game, and Nick Mullins has to be clean. And, and I think the thing with that, too, is, well, I'm, I mean, I think I speak for every Niner fan when I say every time that Nick Mullins has the ball in his hands, I'm scared – absolutely s-less uh <laughs> because i don't know what he's gonna do and the reason I, I, swear, I didn't want to swear there um but the, and that's the thing is he has debo and iuk for the first time this season debo and iuk will be on the field at the same time and the question to you leo is do you think that having these two i'm gonna say that their elite wide receivers is going to be able to help nick Mullins's game where, yes, they're going to face the stack box, but are they going to be able to throw the ball on this Buffalo Bills team more? Despite the fact, keep in mind, the Buffalo Bills play some great cornerbacks. Both cornerbacks are very good. I'm going to look at it from the run game. They got to build the run game. And with those pitch passes to Depot Samuel, I know they go as the passing game, but that's an extension of the run game. And I think for the 49ers, that's where they're going to have their success is just keep running a horizontal offense It'll work. I believe it'll work because, one, this is an AFC East Buffalo Bills team that don't see the 49ers very often, don't study an offense like the 49ers very often. This same horizontal offense worked against Bill Belichick, who is (laughs) basically a defensive god. It worked against Brandon Staley, who's established himself as one of the top DCs in the NFL. Brandon Staley is the Rams defensive coordinator, if no one knew. And so with the 49ers, I believe they could do the same thing with this horizontal offense. The times they didn't run it is they didn't really have the personnel. Like you said, uh, with uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, I believe this is the first time under a Nick Mullins start that they'll be on the field together. Um, So Nick Mullins had other guys like Robert Craycraft starting at wide receiver, Trent Taylor starting at wide receiver. 
So that's going to be his advantage because while Bills do have really good corners, 49ers have really good wide receivers, and they have a really good route running tight end in Jordan Reed as well. So this 49ers offense could attack the Bills in any kind of way. Um, and as far as Mullins not be able to throw so deep, these 49ers receivers and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Jordan Reed, they're all receivers that can win off the route under 10 yards. They're not guys that, say, uh, John Brown, who's injured for the Bills and not going to play this game. John Brown is someone that needs to win vertically. He's not really uh, under 10 yards wide receiver. So with the 49ers, they have that in place currently, and that's where they're going to have to attack the Bills. Is Who cares if they stack the box? I doubt they could stop Debo Samuel because no one has been able to do that in Debo's short career. The other thing is, too, is, you know, like while I was citing what I saw with what the Chargers did last week, I really didn't feel like that was a fair comparison of how the 49ers would be able to attack them. So I watched the Rams um, tape and that was a lot closer to obviously that's the same exact offense pretty much. Yeah. So I wanted to see exactly how the Rams, you know, attacked them and got back in that game. Right. Because they got down early. What happened was is when they finally established the run, they were killing them with play action. And that's it right there. Like, I I hate to sound as simple as it is. Right. Because I didn't have to dig up tape to figure that out. I just wanted to see what the Rams did. And that's what it was. Once, once Daryl Henderson was ripping off 10 and 12 yards, you know, they employ the same sort of motion to, to get you, get your eyes moving on different things. But Jared Goff was really good in this game with, with shots down the field um, off of play action. So you have to expect that that's gotta be the way the 49ers win this game, man. And, and um, if they, if, if the 49ers can get the running game going, then it, then obviously one, it keeps Josh Allen off the field. And two, it puts Nick Mullins in position to, to make plays. Um, you you got to think the 49ers have a great chance to win the game if that happens. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, I mean, Nick Mullins was so bad in that Rams game, and he threw some of the, some of the worst passes I've seen. And the biggest thing that scares me is if we have to put the ball in Nick Mullins' hand, is he going to do what he did in that Eagles game and just throw the worst interception you've ever seen? And I got to be thinking, Kyle's got to be thinking, there's ways that I can prevent that from happening because – Yes, the corners for the Bills are much better, but I just don't think they need to throw the ball that much down the field. I don't I don't see a reason to do it when you should be able to take advantage of what the Bills show you, especially when you're going against the corners that the Bills have. I mean, let's talk about these corners real quick. They're not this is probably one of the best cornerbacks, two of the best cornerbacks they've seen all season. And yes, they saw Jalen Ramsey last week, but the 49ers when there's just one cornerback, they can still kind of exploit it. This is two really studly cornerbacks. What do you think, Leo? I think with last week with the Rams, they have real two stud quarterbacks corners with Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. Um, Williams has made plays all season because people want to attack him instead of going after Ramsey, and Williams has stepped up in that aspect. I think the week before, Williams actually had two interceptions in one game, and he played another stud game today too. So um, I – I think it it helps having recent history. Like this is the last team the 49ers played with two star corners yeah. going into the Bills, and they still won that game with the horizontal offense. I'm going to keep saying it: horizontal, horizontal, horizontal. So you think that you think that Tre'Davious and and Josh Norman aren't as good as as Ramsey and Norman's as good as Williams. And I don't think Josh Norman's playing this week either. Um, last week it was um, it was Levi Wallace, um, and I'm not certain if he's still injured or something like that. But I didn't really I didn't see um, Norman last week. And and even if it was Norman, I would think that that's where you go to attack. You know, okay. Tredavious White is is one of the best cover corners in this league. We all know that, right? He's the top three guy. Um, you know, I, I I would send somebody over to his side and allow him to occupy him. You know, you can obviously switch that up as it, as Ayuk and Samuel are not side specific in this offense, and they they line up everywhere. You know, um, but but the 49ers can pass on 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 the you know if it's Levi Wallace or if it is Josh Norman, I'm not as scared on that side. So they can attack that. And and what Debo does well, you know, over you know any corner is is when he runs those slants, he runs them as a box out, and he just gets his body in front of them. And it doesn't matter how good of a corner you are, once he gets in front of you and he has that position, if the ball's where it's supposed to be, he's gonna win that route ten out of ten times, and and also put himself in a position to take off with the ball after. So, you know, Debo Samuel is the engine of this offense. And if he's going to be over there on the other side against the the, the corner opposite of Tredavious White, yeah, give me that matchup 10 out of 10 times. I'll be fine with it. Debo, as a route runner, reminds me so much of Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden, Former yeah. Niners, like, he's never covered because he's just going to box out that guy with, you know, his strength. 
and get that reception no matter how challenging of a reception that is. He's just going to box you out and say, hey, I'm bigger and better than you. All right, so we talked a little bit about the Niners offense versus the Bills defense. And the Niners' best trait, I think, is their defense this season. I think, bar none, their defense has been the best thing about them. The Bills' offense is scary. The Josh Allen, I mean, yes, they see Russell Wilson twice a year. Josh Allen has really, really put it to another level here. And I think that the running quarterback thing really scares me. I don't know about you guys, but I think the running quarterback thing still scares me. They still really have struggled with Kyler Murray when they played him. And they haven't seen a running quarterback in a, a good while now. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a concern, clearly. You know, the, the 49ers showed, you know, anytime that anybody uses any sort of RPO action on them, you know, that they're lost. I don't think that that's the same defense, though, that we've been seeing now, right? Like, even if they were to to see that now, I think that they're much more equipped for it. And what I noticed with the Bills, too, is that, yeah, they have designed runs for him. They don't really run too much RPO. Like, they do, you know, but I think that they're, they're more intent on keeping Allen out of harm's way. And what I noticed is where he's doing more of his damage is not those design runs, but it's those off-script runs. And those are the ones that concern me more than any sort of RPO at this point, even though the 49ers have their well-documented struggles with it, right? Um, I think it's those off-script plays when you lose contain and then, you know, guys can't cover for four or five seconds down the field. He has the arm talent to make plays. You can't ask any cornerback to be out there with Stefan Diggs for five, six uh, seconds. That's not fair to anybody. So, you know, I think it's the it's the off script pay, uh, plays that really scare me more than it is the design runs or the RPOs, I'd say. So with Josh, with Josh Allen out of his last seven games, only one of them, he's had over a hundred quarterback rating. But talking about his legs, the guy's been on the injury report all week with an ankle and a knee. And he walked off last Sunday with a full-on knee brace. I don't know how mobile he's actually going to be this game. He may try it once and say, yo, fam, like, I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> like, this, And he's, he may not be the same Josh Allen that we're used to seeing. And the 49ers may luck out in that way. Yeah, injuries suck, but it's just part of the game. And even last week, Matt Barkley had to come in, former 49er great, had to come in and tell him a bit because of an injury. So – that's something I would keep an eye on that's not really getting talked about anywhere between any outlets is no one saying, hey, Josh Allen's on the injury report with an ankle and a knee, and he left the game with a knee brace. Um, so I think that could possibly limit his mobility. The 49ers run a similar defense as the Chargers, and Josh Allen only put up 157 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's That's not all that great as a passer. And I think the 49ers have better corners than what the Chargers currently have right now. Did you forget how they scored their other touchdown in this game? This uh, Chargers game? Cole Beasley uh, touchdown pass? Exactly. And that's that's exactly what I was about to get into was this. So it doesn't, I don't know who's going to play slot corner for the 49ers because Mosley was on injured reserve as of yesterday. And I worry about Cole Beasley because he's been really good in that slot role. So what do you guys think? What are the Niners going to do? No Jamar Taylor, no Kwan Williams, no Emmanuel Mosley. What do you do at slot corner? Do you bring Jason Verrett over or what do you think you do? Well, I think that Mosley's just injured right now. So he's questionable for the game, right? So we're not certain like what it's going to be right now, but it's not good to hear that he was like running off on the side. So he's iffy at best, right? If you put a gun in my head on Sunday, I'll probably say that he goes, but I'm not like, on the 65, 70%, like, you know, it's probably like a 55% chance that he goes. Here's the thing, right? What Robert Sala has done this week, right, is completely unlock Jimmy Ward and the week and the weeks leading up to this, right? And having him play around in a box, you know, having having him in strong safety. You can have a situation where on base downs you could have Jimmy Ward as your third, as your slot corner as well. You don't want to, that's not something you want to do, right? Because then it, it causes stress on your defense everywhere else. But to have that flexibility and have that as an option on top of that. So if Mosley's playing, it's him. But if it's not, then it's going to be, you know, Dante Johnson, um, Akella Weatherspoon. You know, like those guys, those guys are are going to be the ones on the field. So, I mean, look, for all the crap that we gave Dante Johnson, the Eagles game, he actually played really well in that game, honestly. He gave up the touchdown, right? But he tore his groin on the play, man. And, and he was still in great position. Like the ball was thrown right past his fingertips. Look. I've gotten my share of Dante Johnson jabs in on Twitter for sure. But I have to say that Eagles game, he played really well when he was pressed into an outside role duty, you know? So uh, I, I'm not as down on him being there. 
clearly a downgrade, but not, you know, I don't think it's as bad, right? You know, so, I mean, it's just going to, I would say that Mosley's going to play this week, though. But, I mean, I would really be interested to see what Jimmy Ward does if he's allowed to uh, to cover people on the slot. Yeah, my, my gut feeling would say Mosley goes. Now, if you ask me to bet my 401k on it, I'm probably not going to do that. But I, I think he goes. Um, but here's a scenario to where they could bring in Jimmy Ward and play the slot since he's been there more. So it's not going to be something completely out of position because as we've seen, the 49ers don't like putting players out of position that they've been practicing for the entire season. So you could bring in Jimmy Ward to play the nickel corner and then you could have Marcel Harris basically be a box safety at that point and just keep Tarverius more high. So they have that option as well if they would like to use it. But like I said, my gut feeling is telling me that that mostly is going to be a go. Okay, and then let's talk a little bit about these running backs. I mean, Singletary and Zach Moss, I don't think these are amazing running backs, but they're not bad. I mean, but the Niners have shown an ability to stop the run lately. I mean, do these guys scare you guys at all? Um, they're, they're used, so they have their own roles, right? Like Mike single, uh, Mike Singletary, Devin Singletary, um, is a little guy, right? Um, so they, they usually employ him, you know, within the twenties, once you get into the twenties, it's Zach Moss and, and then their goal line back is Josh Allen, right? So I think that's kind of what we mean when we talk about these running backs. Like when it gets down to the one, it's going to be a quarterback sneak, some sort of Josh Allen play, right? Um, they're very capable. Both of them are, uh, both of them are good at catching the, um, the ball out of the backfield. So I think that's really where they're they concern me you know again when the play breaks down when when he's scrambling around those guys are underneath and very capable of of um you know taking the ball for a good gain you know if they get the you know get those passes so yeah they're fine you know with with the 49ers though you know having all four of their guys you have to like it because you know uh, the only thing that really is a little bit of a drawback was you know they ran the ball pretty well um in the first half against the Rams and then the second half they didn't when the Rams adjusted right but you know you have to think most is back again you know another week Jeff Wilson's there. Those fumbles were kind of fluky, if you ask me. Like, you know, Mostert got hit as soon as he even touched the ball, so he didn't really get to secure it. The Jeff Wilson one, whatever. You know what happens. You got to protect it. So, yeah, the 49ers should be better in this game as well, too, but not really as concerned with the with the Buffalo running backs. It's just, you know, it's it's all eyes on Josh, Josh Allen and making sure that he stays in that damn pocket. Yeah, I would say I feel comfortable with what the Bills are bringing from the backfield as well um, because, like, they're cool. They're cool players, like they're good, but they're just not someone that makes you go, "Oh man!" Like a Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, N- they're none of them are like that. And why I feel so comfortable as well is because of the 49ers front seven is pretty legit versus the run. Eric Armstead gets a lot of slack because his contract says pass rusher, not run defender. And but as a run defender, he's fantastic. Kinlaw has looked really well as a run defender. Kevin Givens looks fantastic as a run defender. Uh, and then Kerry Hyder, like, that guy's just a machine. He's going to keep running until the play's over. Greenlaw takes great angles compared to what Quan showed for the 49ers. And Fred Warner's all pro Fred. So, you know, it is, I think the 49ers, they match up very well against any running back. But specifically these two, I don't want to knock them. They're really good at what they do and what they get asked to do. But they're not on a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey level that would concern me. But the Niners haven't really seen any running backs like that recently. I mean, like we saw Cam Akers last week. I mean, I don't Camara. feel like come Camara, and they struggled with him a little bit. But I mean, they they did a pretty a fairly okay job. They haven't seen a ton of really great running backs this year, and I think I, I, I just I wouldn't put Singletary and Moss at that great level uh, yet. They can get there in their young career, but I think where there are currently in their career, I think the Forty Nine are fine with that. I'm not saying that they're great. I'm saying it's just more like the running backs that the Niners have been successful against. I, I haven't really seen them be successful against. I, I guess they're not really playing in league guide, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> the biggest thing is you still have that threat. Of, it's not when they play Drew Brees. Yes, the Kamara's the point. Your court, the quarterback's not going to run. Mm-hmm. Now you have Josh Allen to deal with as well as these running backs. And I just think that kind of puts another wrench in the way you stop this team. Am I crazy? Maybe not. Um. I wouldn't say you're too crazy, but I, I feel like a, a quarterback running option or something is not too out of the spectrum for the 49ers and, and what they see because they have two guys in their division with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. So it's not going to be like something, oh, my God, what is this? This guy just ran the ball as a quarterback. I, so <laughs> I, I think they'll be fine in that aspect considering their study. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like this defense, you know, clearly, like I said, 
well-documented struggles. We all know that, but like, this isn't the same defense anymore. You know, they, they, you know, when, when they were getting torched, Quan Alexander was one of the, one of the main reasons that those, those RPOs would go for such, you know, big gains, you know, not to pile on him, you know, or anything like that, but he's not here anymore, you know? And, and what didn't really get spoke about last week was the fact that Drake Greenlaw was everywhere. Like, that's really what I noticed when I watched it. Like everybody talked about Jimmy Ward, Eric Armstead, Kerry Hyder with, with all great reason. But every time that I saw a pile come up, it was usually Dre Greenlaw under it. Like, he was even on special teams making plays. It was crazy, man. So, you know, I think that what he brings, obviously, is is more short tackling. And and I think the 49ers have it shored up. Like, if 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 the 49ers in week, what, we're in week 13? If in week 13 they still can't stop an RPO, there's big problems, <laughs> you know, at this point. So, yeah, Absolutely. hopefully they've got it figured out. And so I guess, you know, closing out this, this preview, how do the 49ers win this game? What is the keys to you think, you know, what we just discussed for the last 20 minutes? Like, what do you think happens for the 49ers to win? I think that Nick Mullins just doesn't make mistakes. I think they're good enough if Nick Mullins doesn't make mistakes that they can win this game. I think they're a much better. I, I like McDermott. I think he's a great coach. Shanahan is better. I think that's the case with a lot of the 49ers opponents when they play teams. Shanahan's better. There's not many coaches the 49ers play where you're not where you don't have the coaching advantage. So then do you have the offensive advantage? Well, your quarterback is not mobile at all. But you have the running backs, you have the wide receivers, and you have the defense. And one thing we didn't haven't talked about at all today is the factor of having Richard Sherman back. I mean, we saw it last week. Richard Sherman was all over the field. He was back to being, you know, Uncle Sherm who shuts down good receivers. I don't think Cooper Cup did much last week because of Sherm. And so having Sherman back, I think, can help with Diggs. I think it's a huge factor. Sherman Diggs is a big thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? So people were people were like, oh, well, you know, they were pointing to last year and saying, well, look what Diggs did, you know, in the divisional game against us, you know, but you have to remember, right? That was the killer Weatherspoon that was guarding him. And then after the touchdown, nothing else happened. Yeah. Now fast forward to this year. And Sherman isn't following anybody. He's still playing the left side. You know, he's moving around as far as where he is position wise. Like, I think, you know, everybody's kind of seeing him, you know, talking about him playing safety. It was about like one snap around there, but he was roaming around there. The interception he had was he peeled off of his man and and he undercut the route. Like that wasn't safety. Like he was, he was just smart. He knew what he saw. But um, if Stefan Diggs wants to go left or go right, this time it's Richard Sherman and it's Jason Verrett, which is two different things than Emmanuel Mosley and a, or a killer Weatherspoon with Richard Sherman on the other side. So that's why I'm not as worried. The The thing that gets me scared, I feel like this is this again, I'm, I'm, I sound like a broken record, but it's the off schedule plays. Like if he's allowed to scramble and Stefan Diggs is allowed to operate where like, that's really where they're getting their chunk plays from are not, are not straight dropbacks and hitting the back foot and just letting it rip are either quick throws that he's getting and Stefan Diggs is taking with his feet or off of a scramble, he's getting behind people, and then it turns into a 40, 50-yard game. And that's what I'm really nervous about. You know, Josh Allen has the arm to see a throw down the field, and he can make it as long as he doesn't, you know, airmail it by 15 yards, which he still does, right? So the the keys, though, have to be keeping him in the pocket, and you definitely have to get in his face because even last week, he's still doing those things that he was doing last year as one eyeing receivers, throwing it into double coverage where you're just like, what are you doing? The 49ers have to capitalize on those plays because there are going to be one to two of those moments in this game where Josh Allen's trying to give you a turnover. Can you take it? And and that's really where the, the key is going to be, I think. Yeah, that's a great point um, because I feel like if you go on Sherm, Sherm usually plays off, kind of just gives you your space to work. Um, and the great thing is people talk about Sherm is, oh, with speed, you could beat him deep. KC did it. Devontae Adams did it one time. Like, that's two occasions, guys. Let's chill out. And and so with that being said, they don't have John Brown playing this game. So that eliminates any, you know, wide receiver that could take the top off the defense. Everything's going to be shorter than that. And if they do try to go a little deeper, they don't really have those known top off the defense wide receivers playing this game. Uh, while their rookie from UCF is pretty good. Um, but Stefan Diggs, like if you want to throw him on the other side of Sherm, Jason Bratt, from what I've seen, he's going to, he runs receivers routes for them. So he's sticky. And I think that could create a situation to where Josh Allen, a young quarterback like himself, it's, you know, it's not, not shade or anything. It's just speaking on his young years in the NFL. He's going to give the ball up a couple times, a few times, 
against a defense that has basically glue on these receivers, you just got to be able to capitalize that and catch it when it's in your hands and not have a situation like Jimmy Ward had in New Orleans to where it hits your hands, but then you don't come down with it. Absolutely. And that's the thing is I think that, you know, getting into a score prediction, I think why the 49ers win this game, their defense is that much better. And I think that Josh Allen is going to make a couple plays, you know, that are, you know, bonehead still kind of a new, not, not, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Like Josh Allen's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not elite yet. He has the potential to be elite, but he's not elite yet. And, and he's going to make some bonehead throws And the, the Niners at cornerback are insane. You know, we talk about, you know, we talked about the Rams and how good their corners are. It feels like the Niners might have one of the best cornerbacks duos in the NFL right now. Like, and they may not have the star power because, you know, Sherman's older, but I don't think a lot of people outside of San Francisco understand just how good Barrett is. And I you think know? it was funny, right? I think it was funny because some of us, you know, were like, you know, when Richard was getting ready to come back, like, oh, I don't know where he fits in this offense, right? Like they're playing yeah. so much man. Like even I had these thoughts, right? Yeah, well, I'll keep those thoughts to myself from now on because it's just he's so smart. You know, like, and what he what he brings to the team is invaluable in leadership. You know, it's just, you know, hearing him talk, you know, like, you know, we all kind of thought that he was, this is going to be his last year. It certainly seems like it is unless something yeah. really big happens. And it's like, he's so smart and he's so good at what he does, man. He can be anywhere. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, I, it was silly of me to even like say, yeah, I don't know if we should start Sherman. Like, you know, he might mm-hmm. not give us our best chance. So, yeah, uh, once again, I got to eat crow on that one. Don't you ever talk bad yeah. about Richard Sherman. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Exactly. Ever. Ever. <laughs> about the best in the game. <laughs> the best in the game. Um, so let's do a score prediction. I'll let you guys go first, and then I'll give mine. So I'm going to go with the 49ers in a one-point victory. Um, what did I have it? I had it 20-19. to 19. Uh, I think the 49ers win this. Um but they're not going to win it in a fashion to where they score in the high 20s or low 30s. Uh, that's just my prediction. I think the 49ers get two touchdowns, two field goals. That's what I'm thinking. And then with the with the Bills, they ha- I have them getting four field goals, one touchdown. And with that being said, it's just I think it's going to come down to how healthy is Josh Allen because if he's not that healthy, the guy has seven interceptions in his last seven games while being healthy. And we're slacking uh, Nick Mullins for throwing a lot of interceptions. Well, Josh, you have the guy on the other side who's doing the same thing his last seven games. So if he's not as mobile as what he's used to being, he may say to himself, okay, I can't roll out to the right. I can't roll out to the left. So I'm going to give my receiver a chance to win. So if he's just throwing up a bunch of balls in during the game, I think that could be in the 49ers' favor. This is going to be a knockdown dragout fight all the way to the last possession, whether that last possession ends in a field goal or ends in the 49ers having to make a stop. It's going to be something like that. Um, you know, so give me the 49ers 24-21 in this one. You know, the keys clearly just just keep Josh Allen in the pocket, get in his face, hit him, turn those bonehead throws into extra opportunities for Nick Mullins on the plus side of the field, put him in positions where he doesn't have to work. You know, having long drives is not how you're really going to get it done. I mean, you can if you want to kill time, but that's not what you want to keep pulling Nick Mullins in. Um, so, yeah, you know, make sure make sure that you're clean on defense, no penalties, no no turnovers, and the 49ers have enough to get this done. It's just going to be a really close game. Sorry. I know, I'm sorry, Nate. Of course you took my score. I'm going to go 24-21 San Francisco. It's <laughs> a field goal at the very end to win because Robbie Gould is good as gold. And the guy, like, when he misses, he doesn't miss for another couple weeks. And I don't think he's going to miss in this game. I think the miss he had against the Rams is the one miss we'll see from him for a long time. And I I just think that the Niners are about to go on a run that I I think is, I think we're about to see some, like, some pretty interesting Oh, I sweared. (laughs) We're about to see something pretty interesting. I really think that they're going to win out. And I really think they're going to make a absolute chance at an absolute chance at the NFC championship. I think they're that good. They're that well coached. And with Jimmy coming back, whether or not Jimmy is the quarterback of the future, which we're not going to talk about quarterbacks because the Niners won. Jimmy and Kittle back this team, the sky is the limit. And while I don't think that any team in the NFC is going to beat the Kansas city chiefs this year, weird things have happened. And I really think that this team is on a path with destiny 
to get healthy and to make it to the NFC Championship and defend their throne. And I think that this is the biggest game of the season. And when once they win this game, we will come back on the show next week and be like, this is it. They're going to do something that we didn't think was possible two weeks ago because I think they're that well coached. I, It's amazing that I'm saying this, but Shanahan is an absolute god. And I don't think there's any other way you could say it. So what you're saying is they're not like the Jets that's going to bring an all-out blitz to win the game when the Raiders have to score a touchdown in order to win the game. They're not going to do that. No. That's a lead play calling. That's a lead play calling by Greg Williams. Elite. Yeah. It's that, <laughs> so hey, bad. We'll get Trevor Lawrence defense, and we're just going to send everybody, leave the fastest receiver on the field in basically almost any field that's not Tyreek Hill's. One on one outside. Let's go get Trevor Lawrence. That's what that was. But yeah, Forty <laughs> Nineers could sneak in at the seven seed, which I believe they are going to do because I don't trust trust Cliff Kingsbury. That means they'll probably have to play the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints the first two playoff games. They get past those two teams, they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm saying it. They get past those two teams in the playoffs, they'll go to the Super Bowl. You heard it. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're gonna win this game, and then I'm just gonna stick with my my safe safe approach of week to week, man. You know, I think I think that's what it not, is, though, not honestly, on this podcast. We're supposed to be insane. Right, right, that's right, the right. point of this show. All right. all right, hot take. Um, the 49ers do get in, and you know, I agree with with nearly everything that Leo said about you know not being the team that you want to face, and if they are able to like, it's almost like. When you you punch out like when the when the the young guy comes on the on the the schoolyard and he punches out one of the bullies, the other bully's like, oh, I don't want to mess with him. So taking out New Orleans or Green Bay um, right away, you know, would send a message to everybody, you know. And then Seattle, it doesn't matter if it's a playoff game, preseason game, if it's an, an alumni game, or if it's an old timers game. That game's gonna go down to the wire. So whatever. Like I'll never make a score prediction. I'll just be like, 49ers win somehow. I don't know. Like at the end of the game. You know, so. Well. We'll see what happens with the Niners and the Bills. Uh, we won't talk quarterbacks until they lose. That's our rule here on the Niners Nation podcast. And so go win. Take care of Buffalo. I mean, they could do it. They really can. So real quick, uh, Jason, is there anything you want to you pitch before we, we head out tonight? No, just, uh, you know, thank you guys for having me on. I had a blast, man. I really appreciate, you know, um, you know, the invite to come on here and talk. And um, yeah, you know, for, for anybody out there, you know, um, just started uh, my, my new podcast, Sprint Right, um, Sprint right Option Podcast with Andrew Pasquini um, on Spotify, on YouTube, on um, Apple. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. And my, to my new co-host, Leo, anything you want to you say? Yeah, basically, if your guys aren't following or subscribed to Jason's podcast, make sure you do so. But if you do, make sure you subscribe to ours as well uh, <laughs> while you're at it. Um, you can go ahead and just follow me on Twitter at LeoLuna93. And you can follow me at Niner Nate 49 I just say a bunch of crazy stuff. So <laughs> if you really want to enjoy the craziness that is my Twitter feed during a Niner game, after you listen to this podcast, go subscribe because it's going to be a wild ride for the next couple days. <laughs> Win or lose, it's going to be a wild ride. This has been the Niners Nation podcast. Go Niners! And let's make this damn playoff run! Choo-choo!